Welcome to another Sunday morning sermon from Marysville Christian Church. We're glad you're here joining us on this journey to learn more, love more, and look more like Jesus. We invite you to grab a cup of coffee and a Bible as we dive into God's Word. Believers in God seem to wrestle with this same question no matter what century they live in or what country they live in. And that question is simply this. How much longer do I have to wait for God to do what I think He should do? Now, I know when you say it out loud, it sounds ridiculous, but yet that's how we feel inside. It's the question asked by little kids on trips. How much longer? Are we there yet? Or fans on draft day? If you're Cincinnati, whether you're the Reds or the or the Bengals, or Cleveland Browns, the question is always, how much longer will we have to wait? Will this finally be the year that we get it right? But right now, it's the question that people all across our nation find themselves asking as well. How much longer are we going to have to deal with the restrictions of this COVID-19 regulation? When can I get back to my regular life at work, at school, in my family, at church. When can I get my life back? Ironically enough, that was the number one issue for Habakkuk. No, not about a virus, but the virus of doubt. Why doesn't God seem fair? In Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 2, it phrases it like this. Habakkuk's question and phrasing is simply what each one of us have asked from time to time. How long, O Lord, do I have to call out for help? When will you listen to me? I cried to you about the violence, but you did nothing. People are stealing and hurting others. They're arguing and fighting. How much longer, God? I don't understand. And that's it in a nutshell, isn't it? Whether you're talking about COVID or your job, how much longer am I going to have to go without work? Unemployment, how many more times am I going to have to call the unemployment office? How many more times am I going to have to go online and fill out the form? The politics of this whole thing, where people are trying to wrestle around making major decisions that affect everybody else's daily life, just so they can maneuver around and get an edge politically over another person or another party. And what about even the church? Or how about our health? What about your marriage? How about the kids? Our prayers? Why, God? Why is it that it seems like you're not answering my prayers or doing what I think you ought to do? Let me give you a little context for this guy named Habakkuk, okay? He's part of 12 smaller Old Testament books known as the Minor Prophets. A prophet was someone who simply spoke for God. He was the guy who would say, thus saith the Lord. Habakkuk's story was written at about 600 B.C., before Christ. God's people were not what they needed to be. They needed a major wake-up call. And Habakkuk, as God's spokesman, was the one who was always trying to get them to wake up and recognize that they needed to live their life more in line with God's will. When God finally answered, it was not the answer that Habakkuk wanted to hear. Because he would use another nation, Babylon, that was worse than God's people. 
The irony of this is that Habakkuk's name by interpretation means to embrace. Now, not necessarily the loving embrace of a husband and wife. It was more like the wrestling match headlock embrace of a figure four hold or some other kind of, of submissive hold. It was that wrestling match and that's exactly what the story of Habakkuk is. It presents the wrestling match of faith within each one of us. If you're looking for Sunday school easy answers to fill in the blank with as you read through the book of Habakkuk, you're not going to find them. Because honestly, it starts out with this. In Habakkuk 1 verse 1, when he says, This is the oracle that Habakkuk the prophet saw. The word oracle in Hebrew is Massah, and it means that crushing burden. So to start with, this is the message of Habakkuk. God's will is hard to handle sometimes. It's hard to get your arms around it. God's will is hard to bear up underneath it. God's will is hard to lift it up and to get it up over your head like a weightlifter. God's will because it doesn't always make sense, it's just hard for us to get a grip on. The very first thing that God tells Habakkuk before anything else is this, what I'm about to tell you may crush you. It's just that heavy. It was the oracle. It's hard to hear what we don't want to hear. Whether it's true or not, if I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it, right? And yet the very first thing that God says to Habakkuk, Habakkuk, I've got some bad news for you. God's timing is what also makes things hard to hear. That's indicated when Habakkuk starts out with this age-old prayer, how long, O Lord, how long is this going to last? And that's the very question that so many of us find as well. It's not just Habakkuk's burden, but it's our burden as well. When we've been trying to do the right thing, we've been trying to live for God, we've been trying to make a difference in the world for Him, and it's just getting heavy to do that. Habakkuk's been doing God's will, and now this is how God rewards him? By giving him an even greater burden to bear? That's hard. How am I supposed to trust God when I don't understand His timing? How am I supposed to trust God when I don't know if I can continue to get a hold of what He wants me to do? If I get my act together, then God should give me what I want, right? We think that's the way it's supposed to work. And yet what I want in my life is not necessarily what God's plan is for me. Not only are things getting better in the way that we think they should be, but for Habakkuk, things were actually getting worse, in spite of the fact that Habakkuk was doing what God wanted him to do. In Habakkuk chapter 1, verse 3, it says this, When will you listen to me? I cried to you about the violence, but you did nothing. This is Habakkuk having that honest prayer. It kind of sounds like a yelling match, but that prayer slash argument with God. Have you ever had one of those? 
People are stealing things, they're hurting others, they're arguing and fighting. No wonder as Habakkuk looks around, he's beginning to feel like a failure. And he's struggling with how to get his arms around this and handle it. I mean, my gosh, if this is what happens after I've done everything you've asked me to do, God, why bother? Because not only are things not getting better for my people, things are not getting better for me. As a matter of fact, it's actually getting worse. How much longer do I have to wait before you're going to do what I think you should do? You see, God's will and God's timing can make it tough to trust Him. A lack of trust is hard to watch. Hear what he says in Habakkuk 1, verse 3 and 4. Why do you make me look at these terrible things? Your law is powerless because justice is never carried out. Evil people win their fights against good people. So the law is no longer fair and justice never wins anymore. Habakkuk's question quite simply is this. God, how does this make sense. Because from where I'm looking at it, it doesn't. We've seen things in our life that don't make sense or seem fair as well either, haven't we? Domestic violence, especially now with the regulations and the quarantines and the stay at home, yeah, domestic violence is up. Alcoholism is up as well. School shootings, well, you know, the good news of being quarantined is that the kids stay home and there aren't school shootings. But we've seen plenty of them and it just doesn't make sense. When godly people are victimized by people that don't care anything about God. They talk about the possibility of a baby boom as a result of this quarantine time. And that may be exciting for some who are starting to raise their family. But for others who've been dying to have children and couldn't get pregnant, it's incredibly painful for them to look at others who sleep around with anything that moves or shakes its tail feathers at them, and then they practice abortion as birth control. That's incredibly difficult and painful, just like it was for Habakkuk. We've seen plenty of drunk driving accidents where the sober one dies and the drunk walks away without a scratch. Habakkuk's beef with God pretty much comes down to this. God, I can't make sense of what I see around me because it doesn't seem like you care. So your will is awfully hard for me to handle. It doesn't seem like you're doing anything so your timing is hard for me to handle. And it doesn't seem like what you are doing is fair. So I find myself questioning your judgment and whether or not I should trust you. Chapter 1 of Habakkuk tells us about his faith crisis. Things started out well. He's a prophet of God. He's willing to be used by God. But then things don't go like he expects them to go. And that's not unlike what each one of us as believers finds ourselves dealing with as well. We start out at a low point in life and we decide, I, I've got to have help. And so we give our life to God and we begin that starting point of faith. And things just 
look great. It looks like the best decision we've ever made. We can't wipe the smile off of our face. I mean, we, we pull into a parking lot and we find a spot right by the front door. You know, on our way in, we find a dollar bill on the, on the ground outside and nobody claims it. I mean, it's just crazy things. I find a, every day in my devotional reading, there's a perfect verse that exactly fits right where I'm at. I turn on the radio and my favorite song comes on. I mean, we're just at the spiritual mountaintop for a while. And then the bottom falls out. Oh, it may not drop us immediately, but there's just that slow, steady decline sometimes. All of a sudden, I can't think of anything to pray about. Or what I did think to pray about, nothing has happened. My prayers don't seem to be answered as quickly anymore. The people that I enjoyed being around, all of a sudden, they're no longer around. And the people that encourage me most, not only are they not around, I, I may actually hear some things that they said about me that hurt my feelings. And I begin to wonder, God, what happened? And we've hit that spiritual slump after the spiritual high. That's a pivotal moment because it's at that point that we'll either make the turn and continue the climb to spiritual maturity, or else the bottom really will fall out from underneath us and we'll find ourselves right back where we started from at our spiritual starting point or even lower than we started. A lot of that will revolve about, around how we deal with our crisis of faith. You see, that's when we wonder most about God's will. When it's a crushing burden to us. We tried to do the right thing and it's not easy anymore. We wait for God's timing, but it doesn't seem like He's meeting my schedule. We worship God for his character, but then we begin to question, how fair is he when we look around at everything in this world that isn't fair anymore? God's judgment can be hard for us to handle, or what we perceive to be his judgment when it doesn't make sense to us. God says, hey, you want me to do something, Habakkuk? All right, brace yourself. I'm about to do something, but I'm telling you now, you're not going to like it very well. If you've got your Bible open again, take a look in Habakkuk chapter 5 and the following verses. Look at the other nations, he says. Watch them. You'll be amazed. Because I'll do something in your lifetime that you'll never believe. You wouldn't have believed it even if I told you about it ahead of time. And then the shocker for Habakkuk. God says, I'm going to send Babylon. Now, if this weren't an online service and it was a room full of people, I would give you this clue. Every time you hear the word Babylon, you should boo. It's a little weird, though, in an empty room, and it may be a strange and weird sitting around a table watching this, but that's the impression that Habakkuk had of Babylon. That was their reputation. 
I'm sending the Babylonians, a cruel and violent people. They will march across the world and conquer every other land. They're notorious for their cruelty. They do whatever they want. Their horse soldiers are faster than leopards and more ferocious than wolves at dusk. Like eagles, they swoop in suddenly to devour their prey, or they come all bent on violence. Their hordes advance like the desert wind, sweeping captives ahead of them like sand. No wonder, God said, Habakkuk, you're not going to like what I'm about to do. But that's why believers in God continue to wrestle with Habakkuk's question. How much longer do I have to wait before God does what I think He should do? Now that sounds awfully presumptuous now, while we're sitting in quiet of our home, watching this online. But it's that very question that deeply committed believers struggle with. Can I have faith and doubt simultaneously? Is it okay for me to have my questions about God and still pretend or think that I'm pretending or wonder if I'm pretending to be a person of faith? Are you willing to approach God in that kind of total honesty? Or do you just keep up the appearance of faith while secretly growing colder and colder in your commitment to Him and your convictions about His faithfulness? Today's takeaways are this. Keep on trusting God when His will is hard to handle and heavy on your shoulders. Keep on trusting God when His timing is hard to handle because it doesn't match your timing. Keep on trusting God when it seems like everyone else ignores Him and justice is never found. Keep on trusting God when life is not fair because one day He will judge the world in righteousness. You see, the struggle to trust God is always the same. It doesn't seem like you care, so your will is just too hard for me to get my hands around. It doesn't seem like you're doing anything, God, and I get tired of waiting for you. And it doesn't seem like what you are doing is the right thing to do. So we question the judgment of God. You see, learning to walk by faith and not by sight was hard for Habakkuk, and it's hard for us today. It was hard in his culture dealing with the Babylonians, and it's hard for us in our culture dealing with the things that have swept in from foreign lands and upset everything in our country as well. That's why we have to continue to look to Jesus to learn more about Him, so that we might see how to trust and obey the Father, even when it's not what we want. Nevertheless, your will, not mine, be done, Jesus would say. That's why we learn from Jesus how to love more and show grace to others who don't do what we think they ought to be doing 
instead of condemning them or judging them as not being faithful or not loving God or not being as committed as we are. And that's why the challenge is always there for us to change our lives so that we might look more like Jesus in how we live at peace with God. As you wrestle with trusting God, despite the world's chaos, know this. Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 13 and 14, that we look forward to a time when God will do what He has promised, bring us a new heaven and a new earth, where justice will rule. And so, my friends, as you wait for that day, do your best to be pure and blameless in God's sight so that you might be at peace with Him. That peace is what Habakkuk craved, and that peace is what each and every one of us desire today as we try to trust God when sometimes it just doesn't make sense. Our prayer is that you keep on trusting Him and wait for Him to reveal His will. May God bless you as you do just that. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to learn more about Marysville Christian Church and connect with us, be sure to go to our website, marysvillechristian.org. If you are near the Marysville area, we would love to have you join us on Sunday morning. We have our Bible study classes at 9 a.m. and our regular worship service is at 10 a.m. Our address is 17,000 Waldorf Road, Marysville, Ohio, 43040. Our phone number is 937-642-9838. Email is office at marysvillechristian.org.